Well, good morning once again. It has been a beautiful weekend, hasn't it? Wow. Was it nice the other day? Was it nice the day before? Was it nice? It's like breeze, 80s. Wow. You know, you think so many times uh, we live up here and, you know, shoveling every day. And then you think of, uh, you know, the last two weeks where it was like 94 and 80% humidity. <laughs> and yet, it makes you really grateful for these days. Just, you walk out and it's like, the gratefulness is just there. What well, such a beautiful day. Right? Will you start the PowerPoint there? <clears throat> and the topic for today is you know, an attitude of gratitude. Maybe you've heard that saying before. Um, I was looking through scripture and there isn't, you know, it speaks about graciousness and that, but really when you look at the word thankful in scripture, the definition is grateful. One who is grateful, expressing gratitude. You know, that's, that's the definition. You can't have gratitude without thankfulness. You know, they go hand in hand. They're, they're together. And I kind of laugh at the picture. as They wrote, thank you on the seashore. What's going to happen? It's just going to be wiped away. It's just going to be wiped away. And I I've always am laughing that they, that they love to put some of the best phrases, you know, gratitude, thank you, love, they write, and it's just going to be wiped away by the ocean. But that is exactly what happens with gratitude. You know, we can be grateful today, start complaining, and all the gratitude is gone. Right? It's the same thing. We actually have to write gratitude and thankfulness upon our heart day by day, moment by moment. It's it's an attitude that we have to cultivate. Think about just a few things here. Right? We flick on a switch in our house and lights come on. You know how many thousands of years? <laughs> and, and in the last 130 years, click. And there's light. You know, it's... Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, it, it's really easy to take that for granted. We read in Scripture that the Lord said, let there be light. And there was light. You know, when every time you run into a room and you flick on the light, it's like... Wow! You know how much innovation and everything has happened for that one thing and just how grateful you can be for the light. You know, we can turn a knob and have drinkable water. I just read an article the other day that they said, nowhere on earth is it safe to drink rainwater anymore. I don't know if they've tested everywhere on earth. You know, that's, uh, I don't know how that is, but they're just saying how 
how, how much gets absorbed now into the skies, that you have to be careful, even with rainwater. And yet, we can turn a knob and have fresh, drinkable water. You know, in some places it may taste like sulfur. In other places it may taste a little like this or that. But you can drink it and not end up with a bacterial infection and in the hospital. You know, we walk into our homes, into apartments, and we have shelter. You know, shelter that will hold when the thunderstorms. You ever feel your house quake in a thunderstorm? where the whole thing shakes, you watch as a window actually like, you know, vibrates. You're like, wow, and yet it holds. I mean, we have homes when, uh, you know, if you've ridden your bike through Elmira, you know, there's people who are living under bridges. We can choose what we want to eat today. You know, even if you have 50 cents in your pocket, right, You can choose what you want to eat in this country. You can buy a can of string beans or a, you know, I don't know, one stick of gum. (laughs) Inflation, inflation. (laughs) But you still have a choice. You still have a choice even even with that little bit of money. You still have that choice. How grateful we can be when you can think, All I have is 50 cents. All I have is just this this, uh, bulb that's so dim. You know, my house is falling apart. It's the difference, right? It's the difference in attitude and being grateful and being thankful that changes your outlook. We were told this morning in Sunday school of how... uh, Contentment, you know, is learned. It's something you have to choose. Well, thankfulness is no different. Thankfulness is no different. But first, let's take a look at unthankfulness. So we go to the next slide. Unthankfulness. We read in Romans 1.21, it says, Because that... When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. You know, what's unthankfulness, you know, you can see the kid's face in the picture that's up there. What happens to our faces when we're unthankful, when we're ungrateful, when we're complaining? Same thing, just it's easier to see on a little kid's face, you know, Sometimes as adults, you're just neutral. You know, you're, you're just blank. <clears throat> but uh, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> same thing's happening on the inside, unthankfulness. And it brings a darkness. You know, what's darkness mean there? It actually means uh, obscure, to darken, to veiled, uncertain. It's, it's the same thing if something's obscured, it's like taking a window and fogging it up. You can still kind of see what's out there. You can still make out a shape, but you really can't see through it anymore. You know, it's obscured. That's what unthankfulness does in our hearts. 
it puts that veil over everything. It's like when your windshield wipers aren't working. You know, you have no more washer fluid and stuff spraying into your, into your windshield. You can kind of see what's out there. But you're ready to pull over because you may hit something. You ever get to one of those on one of those wintry days? You're wishing that the snow was slushy so that everything would wash off. Yeah, there's, it's just that's what happens. That's what happens in our hearts with unthankfulness. It's what happens with our hearts with unthankfulness. <clears throat> Second Timothy 3, and I'm going to read 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, a lot of the rest of this is explaining what happens when you're a lover of your own self. Now, not solely, because there's some people that, like, they really dislike themselves, and yet some of these things that we're going to list are also present. But when people become lovers of their own selves, become self-centered, these are the things that happen. But not exclusive. Covetousness, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power of, from such turn away. And right in the middle of that list of lots of horrible, horrible things, you find unthankfulness. You know, unthankfulness. <clears throat> unthankfulness. It's right in the middle. It's right in the center of all those things that come from self-centeredness. So it makes me think, you know, how... how how do we overcome this? 2 Timothy 3, 13-14 But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. So we need to continue in those things that are the opposite of these self-centered attitudes in order to maintain a soft heart, in order to maintain a lovely countenance. And, that's, and a big part of that is thankfulness. Remember, it's right in the middle. It's right in the middle of all those things that are listed. <clears throat> Being grateful, it changes you. It, it has an effect. And we're going to get to that. <clears throat> but I wanted to see some of those offshoots. You know, unthankfulness is a sign of self-centeredness. It's a sign of loving oneself. It's a sign of, you know, it's just, it's something that comes out. <clears throat> Let's take a look, though, because scripture is filled. I wish I would have checked 
every single book, but I didn't go through every book, but you'll find in there and, and just about everywhere, I, you know, I looked in, in many of them, you'll find, you know, be thankful unto God, or thanks was given unto God, or they had a celebration of thankfulness under God. They were, you know, they, in just about every single book of Scripture. <clears throat> in some way, shape, or form, it's like thanks, or giving of thanks, or thankfulness, or however the word is. But they were, in every single book, you'll find a consistent thing. You know, you'll find that it's showing us about Jesus Christ and the Father. That it speaks about love, of loving God and your neighbors, and thankfulness. Thankfulness. Will you go to the next slide? And in Scripture, you'll find that thankfulness is one of the first entryways into God's presence. Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with thanks, with praise, sorry. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Psalm 9, 1 to show that even praise is filled with thankfulness. It's praise, if it's going to be praise, has this whole, if you're, going to, if you're going to praise, gratitude is in praise. If you're not thankful, praise is just words. That's all it is. It could be manipulation. It could be lots of other things. But without gratitude, without thankfulness, praise isn't praise. It says in Psalm 9.1, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works. I will say what you've done. I will, you know, thankfulness. I will, um, gratitude, it's there in praise. That's why you see it there in uh, Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with into his courts with praise. Send Judah first, which Judah is praise. But... <laughs> Without thankfulness, without gratitude, praise is very little. Psalm 95, 2. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. I like that it says make a joyful noise because my singing is not the best. Right? So it's one of the things that should be there when we're coming before God. And, you know, it is something that it comes. A, a grateful heart, many things come from a grateful heart. Have you ever, we've sung that song, right? Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. It's, they're wrapped up. They're wrapped up. It's how we sing. It's how we praise. It comes out when you're, it, it just, you know, thankfulness, you praise. You know, when praise, you start to get thankful. <laughs> it just, it, they flow together. But I want to point out that it's one of those things that 
is an entryway that is, is one of the gates. It's one of the first things that helped to bring us into the presence of God. <clears throat> it's also, we go to the next slide, it's also a command. <clears throat> in Colossians 3.15 it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which ye also are called in one body, and be ye thankful. You better be thankful, young man. Right? Which means, if it's a command, it's also a choice. It means that it's also a choice. And if you look, as we just heard in Sunday school, Colossians chapter 3 is all about putting off and putting on. It's all about the things we can put off and pull on. Put, put, put off and put on. You know, put off anger. So there's some things that need to be taken from us. Right? If you have, if you have a, a spirit or something that's, that's wrong, you know, he needs to be cast out. It needs to be taken. You can't just, some things, you know, need more than just casting away. They, you need some deep work done. <clears throat> And putting on, sometimes things are so ingrained that we need help to put something on. You know, your hands can't be full and you put on a jacket by yourself. <clears throat> I had the pleasure, my brother just got married yesterday and uh, the pastor who married them he, his knees are not very good, you know, when I was able to help him get to his position. And, you know, he had to hold the steady himself. So I helped him put on his jacket. Because without the, there's times that we need help to put something on. And at first, that may be the situation that we're in. You know, we need help to put on thankfulness. But then after that, you know, once you're taught, once, you, once you're shown, once you're that, you have to put it on. You know, a child doesn't instantly know how to tie their shoes. But once they know, what are they always told? Tie your shoes. Get your shoes tied. You know, the kids in school, you know, without your shoes untied, you may not trip. You might not. I see one stumble here or there, but some get out of all middle school with their shoes untied. And never. So what I decided to do is, I'll just start stepping on their shoelaces. You know what it teaches them? Tie their shoes. They tie their shoes. Only takes a couple times. Only takes a couple times. And when they see that I'm out for it, then all of a sudden their shoes are tied when they're coming close to me. You know? I don't have to worry about them tripping down the stairs or someone else doing that. I don't have to because now they start tying their shoes. And sometimes we need help <laughs> putting on a little thankfulness, right? We go through a difficult situation and then all of a sudden, when you're done with it, you all of a sudden you're grateful for the good stuff that you have. So sometimes it needs a little help. But it's a command and a choice. It's a command and a choice. It's a command and a choice. Sometimes when things aren't good, we have to choose to put it on. <clears throat> we have in Romans 
Uh, well, before we go there, in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks to God. Give thanks to others. Have a grateful heart. You know, if we're grateful to God, we are going to be grateful for things that other, that other people are doing for us and, and things that are happening and everything. It's, it's going to flow out. Someone doesn't go, oh, God, I'm so grateful everything you did. And like, you then turn around and be like, oh, I hate that you just cleaned my car. That's, it's, you know, it, it, it becomes a habit. In Romans 14.6, he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth it not, the, regardeth not the day to the Lord, he doth not regard it. So, like saying uh, that there's a that there's a feast, a uh, family church fun day that they're going to have unto the Lord, and you know they come and, and people are saying, you know, it's a feast to the Lord. Someone else is like, no, 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 no. I don't. Uh, there's going to be a lot of this or that. I don't want to go that, but they're doing so thinking, you know, I'm going to be praising the Lord. Someone else is going, saying, I'm going to be praising the Lord. Both are doing it out of praise to the Lord. Whatever he tells you in particularly, obeying that is praising his name. You know, if you're grateful, you also listen. Then it goes on. And it says, he that eateth, eateth to the Lord, for he giveth God thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth God thanks. You know, we can be fasting and thanking the Lord. We can be feasting and thanking the Lord. We can be in a rough time and thanking the Lord. We can be in great times and thanking the Lord. But the thing is not to forget. The thing is not to forget. It's not to forget. Ephesians 5, 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Convenient means not proper. And of course, you know, thanks means words of gratitude. Actually means they're words of gratitude. Or it also means to God as an act of worship. You know, physical act. <clears throat> Ephesians five twenty through 21, giving thanks always for all things unto God. Now, that's not easy, because if you've ever heard of Corey Ten Boom, who was in a Nazi concentration camp, her sister was giving God thanks for the fleas and the lice. Like, Wow. And Corey said, no, I can't do that. And then she found out later that it was the fleas and the lice that kept all of the soldiers away from the ladies' barracks. You know, we don't see everything that's going on. We have to trust that God's best, he's, he's going to give us what is best. So we can be thankful in that, knowing that that is what he's doing. And if we know him, that is what he's doing. 
we've seen several times where we've gone through very difficult times to come out in the end to, to see what the benefit was. Some things that we go through and may be very difficult, we're not going to see what it was until we're before his throne. But we can see in past times of what's happened, we know that currently that's what's going on and we can be thankful. <clears throat> Will you? Yeah, there it is. Give thanks in all circumstances. We go to the next slide. You know, if maybe you've ever heard that saying, when life gets hard to stand, when life gets hard to stand, kneel. But I want to throw this in there and give thanks. Kneel and give thanks. Situation may not change, but I'll tell you what, giving thanks and kneeling before God is going to change the situation here and here. It has an effect. It has an effect. And there will be situations where it is very tough. Psalm 139 begins three times with thanking the Lord. You know, it, it starts off just three times right in a row. You know, the king of heaven, thank him. The, uh, the king of, he's good, thank him. You know, it starts off with those things. And then what it starts to go on, uh, you know, it keeps saying also, you know, mercy endures forever. That's one of the reasons why we can thank him no matter what's going on. Because what does Psalm 136 speak of? Like, the death of his saints is precious in the Lord's eyes. That, that there's difficult things. You know, you're going into all this thanks, and then all of a sudden there's like a couple of verses where like, wow, that was rough. And then it goes into praising him again. And then all of a sudden, you know, suffering and the death of his saints, and then it ends with the very same thing. Thank the Lord for his mercy endures forever. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 9.15. If there's nothing else to thank the Lord for, it says, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Someday, I'm going to be in heaven. An unspeakable place. A place that you know, we're given hints of in Scripture, but there's no way we'll ever really know what it's like until we get there. Because we're going there. The Lord can give you a taste of hell. <laughs> because hopefully we're never going to go there. I don't, I, I'm not planning on being there. So yes, here on earth, sometimes we need a little taste of what hell is like. So that <laughs> we never want to go there. And we don't want other people to go there. And it puts a desire in us to say whatever we need to to make other people not go there. And that can be in fear, it can be in pain, however he chooses. But, you know, we can be even thankful for that. Lord, despite everything that's going on, you know, Job did the same thing. Job lost everything. He lost his family, he lost his home, he lost all his income, he lost, his friends had turned against him. Well, they were trying to help him, but basically heaping coals on the fire. That was Job. And he says, one day I will see him. One day I will be there. And I will see him with these eyes. I will stand before him. You know, 
Look at that. He's in that moment, in the worst, even though, you know, in the beginning, he didn't sin with his mouth. He, he, he thanked the Lord, you know, at, at second time. He thanked the Lord, didn't sin with his mouth. And in the midst of all this bad stuff, of all the pressure and all the bad stuff coming out, he was still finding things to thank the Lord for. One day I will see him. One day I will stand before him. One day I will be with him. You know, he may have been wishing that that day was that moment. <clears throat> but there were still things in that moment. And how many people go through that? You know, lose all their family, have their spouse turn against them, lose all their homes, all their health is down. I mean, to the point where you can't sleep, that you're wishing for the daytime because the nighttime is so painful, and then during the day, you're wishing for the nighttime because everything is worse in the daytime. And that's how he lived for like a year, and yet you'll still find that he mentions things about the goodness of God in the midst of all of that, about the end, about being before him at the end. And he still mentions that even in the midst of all the other type of stuff, as, as the bad stuff was coming out so he could see what was in his own heart. Gratefulness was still peaking in there. It became so part of Job. And in Psalm 116, it speaks about the sacrifice of thanksgiving. You know, there's a sacrifice of praise, there's a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and things are a sacrifice when things are hard. Will you go to the next slide? That, right there, is a threshing floor in Israel. It was stones that were all, you know, you had had to go out and find flat stones, or you had to, like, actually carve down stone until it was smooth, however you had to do it. So you're finding the smoothest stones, you're putting them you know, as close as you can together, however big this could be, was however much money and time you had. And that is where you treaded out the corn or the wheat. And that was separating the grain or the seed from all the chaff, which is the straw. Now, the straw would go off to, to help make stuff that way or feed or whatever it was. But, you know, the grain becomes the food. And you would trample that with, uh, you know, a cart. Sometimes they had a board that they pulled around with oxen. So it just kept crushing it. Sometimes they just beat it and kept flailing and hitting it. But that looks like it took a bit of time. Finding the stones, making sure everything's flat, making sure you have that. You, you don't want to lose grain. You don't want it to sink. You want everything to be crushed, to be usable. Now, David, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, he had done wrong against God. <clears throat> he had counted the people, which God said don't do. And a prophet came and said, choose one of three things. You know, you're going to have pestilence. You're going to have your enemies coming. He gave him this choice. He said, I want to be, I'd rather fall into the hand of the Lord than anybody else, than anything else. Because the Lord's merciful. No one else actually is. And so, you know, the sickness started spreading. And the angel of the Lord stopped at one of these threshing floors. He like held it and they... 
they prayed, they offered sacrifices, and the plague stopped. Now, it happened that that threshing floor was, I want to make sure I say it right, but who knows if I will, Aruna. Aruna had that threshing floor. He had made it. He had been using it. And then Gad, I believe it was, who was the prophet, said, go by that threshing floor and put an altar there and sacrifice unto the God. Like that, that was from the prophet, from the Lord, to you, because you shouldn't just be sacrificing everywhere. God has an appointed place. You know, it said that they sacrificed unto God in the high places, and that didn't please him, because he had a place for them to sacrifice, and they weren't in that spot. Now, Aruna said, I'll give it to you. You know, you're the king. You know, the plague stopped, whatever it was. You know, you're looking out for us. I'll just give it to you. And David said, no, I will not sacrifice unto the Lord something that costs me nothing. He said, I will not. And the sacrifice of thanksgiving is when it costs us something. When we stand and say thank you, when stuff isn't actually going our way. And that is what the sacrifice of thanksgiving is. And that pleases the Lord um, more than just the regular thanksgiving, because it's a sacrifice. It costs us something. It, 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 it changes something. And I, this was at the threshing floor, right? A threshing floor, which separates the grain, the good stuff, from the bad stuff. When it's a sacrifice that costs us something of thanksgiving or praise, or whichever that is, it separates something inside of us. It separates what's good and what's God from what's us and what's the world. And there's that separation that happens. It wasn't a coincidence that this happened at a threshing floor. That's what happens when it is a sacrifice that costs us something. <clears throat> now, again, how on earth do we do this? You know, how, how does this happen? How does this, we go to the next slide. <clears throat> you know, how do we live this? How do we actually do this? Well, we're given lots of examples in scripture. I mean, someone could say, just be thankful. Um, I heard a comedian once say, that he was on a highway and there was another guy who was driving alongside of him and there was a roadblock up ahead where everyone had to merge. Right? Everyone had to merge. Now this is like California, which is like cutthroat. You know, that's it. There's no way I'm letting you in. You should have thought about that before. I'm, you know, and he saw what was happening and the guy was on his cell phone, not paying attention. And he's like, oh boy, this guy's going to get into an accident. So he separated his car from the car that said leaving a space. And he just watched the guy, you know, glancing over. And the guy, you know, all of a sudden realizes what's happening and he's way too close. And his eyes open and he looks over and he sees that there's a space. And he sees the guy you know, waving him in, this comedian guy waving him in. And you know how the guy thanked him? 
And the, he, was, he never left his phone, never did that. He just went. One little pinky went up as a thank you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> you know, he made it into a joke. But how often do we pass off just this little thanks? Thanks, thanks, thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm really grateful when we go. Well, let's look at some examples of Scripture of what giving thanks is actually, what, what it, according to Scripture, what God sees as giving thanks and how we are supposed to give thanks. Number one, in Luke 17, we've all heard it, the ten lepers, right? How many return to give God thanks? One. If you had been healed from leprosy, now all of them were obeying. Jesus said, go to the priest and do everything necessary for your cleansing, right? Do you think that they weren't going, thank you, thank you, that they weren't like dancing their way to the priest in gratefulness? I can only imagine. I mean, when the Lord has freed me from some things, I like was dancing in my living room for probably, I, I lost track of time of how long I was there. I have no idea. Just down to, So I can't imagine being freed from something that basically separates you from the rest of humanity. They treat you like dirt. You're in pain all the time and all of a sudden you're free. I can imagine them just, thank you, thank you, and doing exactly what he says. But let's take a look of what actual thankfulness, what God saw as thankfulness, not all the thank you, thank you, thank yous. In Luke 17. And let's go to the one that was thankful. In verse 15. And one of them, when he saw he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face, and fell down on his, on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering them said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found... <laughs> There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith had made thee whole. You know what this shows me? Is that there's actually very few thankful people. There are lots of people who say thanks. But as God considers thankfulness, it was one out of ten. And that's in the most extreme circumstance. The people who got, who, who got some of the greatest gift. I mean, you, they were with Jesus. Jesus healed them. They were before his face, you know. And what does God say? Where are the nine? One returns. Give thanks. One properly gave thanks according to Scripture as Jesus saw thankfulness. So thankfulness is more than just words. It is more than just words. They even obeyed, right? They went to the priest. It's more than just obedience. Thankfulness 
is more than words and it's more than just obedience. And we're going to come back to what it is because we're going to go to number two. Daniel 6.10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went to his house and his windows being opened in his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Knowing that they said, you're going to be tossed into the lion's den if you pray to anyone but the king. He opened his window, prayed and gave thanks unto God, facing Jerusalem. Facing where he thought, you know, that's where God is, I'm going to face God. Now there are similarities. We're going to get those in a second, but let's go to number three. 1 Samuel 2, 1 through 10. I'm calling this one the desperate prayer. Daniel was a habit maker. Hannah was getting desperate. She was in a situation where she was picked on all the time by the favored wife that she wasn't having children. I'm sure she had asked multiple times over many years. Her husband had tried to soothe her and help her, and there she is in the temple just crying out to the Lord. And Eli, the priest, he comes up to her. First he thought she was drunk, but then he tells her, you know, from the Lord, you know, you're going to have a you're going to have a child, everything like that. And her prayer goes on for like an entire chapter. Can you just imagine she, she not only did she was she was she there in front, you know, of the <clears throat> she had to have said this to Samuel or whoever was writing this down. Correct? This had to be like something that she said, I'm so grateful to God. You should have heard me. He did this and that and this and that. You know, everything. This was recorded. She was right there in the temple giving thanks, she says, that she was there. <clears throat> so how do we live in this gratefulness? How do we actually show thankfulness? Well, there's a few steps. We go down, here's what they have in common. And as you continue to go through scripture and you look at these things, you'll find that these are typical. Will you go to the next line? Number one, you pause from what you're doing. When Jesus gave thanks for the bread and everything like that, he stopped everything. Said he had, you know, he had the food in his hand. He looked up to heaven. He stopped staring at everybody else. He said, Lord, thank you so much for this bread. And was facing his father and saying thanks. True thanks, you're going to stop what you're doing. It's going to take you some time. True thanks is going to cost you some time. You focus your attention. Daniel opened up his doorway, right? He, he opened up his window. He faced Jerusalem where, you know, that's God's throne. He faced God face to face. What did the leper do? He came right back, faced right up to God, giving thanks, and then right at the feet of Jesus, facing him, not on his way to go do something else, facing him. 
stopped what they were doing. They turned right to him. Now, this is, this is thankfulness to God. This is, this is how you should be thankful to others as well. It's the same principle. You know, if you love God, you love others. Now, we're not worshiping others. You're not going to lay down at someone's feet. You know, worshiping them, giving them thanks. But you're actually going to stop what you're doing. You're going to go right up to them face to face and say, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Letting all else fall away so that all your attention is on that person. It's what Hannah did. Eli was gone. It was all gratefulness to God right there in front of the temple. Believing what Eli had told her from the Lord before she was actually pregnant. Number three, humbling yourself. The leper went down. Hannah, her, her, her prayer, as you, as you, it's just, it's not vaulting herself at all. She was putting herself down of like, I'm nothing and he's everything. Daniel, in the face of death, knelt down at the window, bowed down before God, and gave thanks. Humble ourselves. It is not me. I didn't deserve it. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Because we don't want to end up being like um, a king who ends up healed and then thinking that we're something great because God blessed us. You know, that thankfulness also we have to humble ourselves. We also have to humble ourselves for it to be true thankfulness. And number three, give thanks with our words from our hearts. Means like from our hearts and minds. We're not thinking about, oh, later I'm going to mow my lawn. You know, it's actually like coming from sincerity. Everything. Thankfulness without sincerity, again, they're words. It does nothing in us. And it's mainly for manipulation. If thankfulness doesn't have heart behind it. If you look at the situations where people were truly thankful in Scripture and God acknowledged it in his word, thankfulness, you'll find those four things are pretty consistent. Or if they're not there, I could see that they were implied, that they were happening by actions they said the people were taking, by stuff that... Do you think that these four things were happening when Zacchaeus hopped out of the tree and said and was happy that Jesus was coming? Did he say, thank you, thank you, thank you? No. But from his heart, he said, anyone that I have, I have wronged, I will pay back even more than I had taken. Do you see the thanks from his heart? I can see it. Did he stop? Did he look right into the Lord's face? Did he stop what he was doing? Yes, he did. Now, it doesn't say that he physically said thank you, but he said thank you. He was grateful. You could see it with what he did. That's what you're going to find in all the instances of Scripture where you're seeing truly thankful people. 
those were things. And I looked at that and I said, wow, I have not been a truly thankful person. Sure, many times I say thanks in passing. How easy is it to send a text? Thanks. Do I think of it again? Do I, do I not? Many of us would consider ourselves a thankful person. But how many of us are leper number 10? Actually taking the time, bowing down, humbling ourselves, separating ourselves from the other things of this world to actually give thanks from our whole being. I've missed that so many times. I see it, though. You know, I see it. It's like that G.I. Joe thing. Knowing's half the battle. Now I got the other half. Now you got to do it. Now you got to do it. Now you got to do it. So what does this look like? How do we do this? Start today. Just be thankful for something. Pause. (laughs) Turn unto God. And give him actual words of graciousness from our innermost being without anything else. How do we be grateful to other people? The same way. Stop what you're doing. Go to that person. See them face to face. Humble yourself and thank them genuinely. Now, you know, could that be a gift? Sure. Does it have to be? No. You know, give from a grateful heart, from a thankful heart. All those types of things we say. And sometimes that happens. Other times you don't have anything to give. Sometimes the person, you know, do you always want something for thankfulness? No. Many times you're doing something for someone because you want to bless them. And the thankfulness is just as much a reward. So it all depends. You, know, you can ask God, what could I do for that person? Whatever that is. That's, that's gratefulness. That's a Zacchaeus gratefulness. The leper had nothing. He gave exactly what he had, everything he had, right there in that thankfulness. I want to be like that. I do not want to be a leper. But I want to be like that leper. And if you look through Scripture, you're going to find the same thing. Psalm 9.1, I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart, I will show forth all thy marvelous looks, works. Thankful people are this. If we are truly thankful, and we follow those steps. Truly thankful people are content. Truly thankful people are more humble. Truly thankful people have more gracious words to say to others. Truly thankful people remember. They remember the good things. They don't dwell on the bad things, but they remember. They go back. I still, there's pastors that we've invited to our house. And the last time we saw them, I remember when your daughter was five and you invited us over to your house. Like, wow, is that a person, was that person grateful that they even remembered? You know, the, that would be like 12, 13 years ago. And they remember the day that I invited them to the house. What a grateful person. I mean, they, had, they were truly thankful in their heart. Even to remember those things. Because truly grateful people, thankful people, remember. 
We can see it there. <clears throat> if you're, think of it like this. If you're thankful that you were forgiven, what do you tend to do more? Forgive. Because you remember that you were forgiven. Know who wasn't thankful? The servant that was forgiven. All money, money, more money than you and I will make in a few lifetimes. This one servant of the Lord was forgiven all of that. And yet he turned and someone who owed him, like what we would make in a week, wasn't paying and he threw him in jail. And the Lord said, that guy who didn't forgive is going to owe everything. He's going to pay it back, toss him in jail, all that thing. He was missing one important component. And that, and that was thankfulness. Because if he was truly thankful, he would have remembered what the Lord had done for him. He would have remembered that when that other guy was in front of him, when the other one who owed much less. Remembrance is part of thankfulness. Now, yes, we forget what lies behind, you know. Setting our eyes on the prize, the Lord Jesus. But we also want to be the person who pulls the old and the new together to be grateful, to be thankful. See, I like that so much because it's not just the thanks. Physically got up and got into the chair separating himself from the situation so that his focus was there. He was turned towards God, towards others. And out of his heart, he was giving thanks. Whether it was a difficult time, whether it was a grateful time, I like how he had to get out of his car to get in the chair. It's one of my favorite parts. Because <clears throat> he got out. He like got out. He actually separated himself, took the time. You know, you could see some of the some of the um, sacrifice of Thanksgiving there, or who knows what he was just told on the phone at work. And yet he got out of his chair into the thankful chair to thank the Lord. And if we're to be a thankful people, which we are called to do, we want to remember those four things of what thankfulness truly is. Okay, we put those up one more time so we can end on that. Pause from what you're doing. Focus your attention on God. If it's to someone else, you're going to focus your attention on them. But, you know, (laughs) thank God for all things means even what others are doing for you, who orchestrated it? God did. Thank you for that person. Thank you, you know, it's, it's to God first and others. Humble ourselves and give thanks with our words from our heart. Actions may follow. It may be that we have like physical gifts or whatever. And what could you actually give God? God, here's a new car. You know, it doesn't really work out that way, but that's, that's what God wants to see. That's what he considers thankfulness. Not the other nine lepers that were probably thanking and leaping and obeying and doing everything. Someone who's willing to pause, look him in the face, or face at his feet, whichever. 
turn to him, and with everything we are, say thank you from a grateful heart. So let's pray. Lord, your goodness is more than we could ever fathom. Even in difficult times, you know the end. You're doing everything for our good if we love you and are, are following your ways. We're called to follow you. Lord, you have our best in mind, and even that is just a miracle. You are so good. Please help us. Thank you for showing us from your word what it means to be a truly thankful person. We're sorry for the many times that we have not shown true thankfulness. Lord, I apologize. Or thank you for your examples in Scripture. Change my heart, change our hearts to be, to have a habit of thankfulness and to do so correctly that we bring pleasure and honor and glory to you both before your throne and before others that they may see you. Lord, may things be deeper than our words. And please, as the days go by, help us not to forget what it means to be truly thankful. In Jesus' name, amen.